I would say firstly, connecting with ourselves is really important and not looking outside of ourselves. So um, not blaming it on our partner that we don't have a libido, but looking inward and doing that inner work, like I said at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Like, is there trauma in the, our past that we need to deal with and clear? Um, any sexual trauma will definitely impact libido yes. long term. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really common for women to have experienced, and men too, um, sexual trauma, whether it's like something like um, very like just having unconscious sex, which most of us has, have done, just like had sex with a guy because mm-hmm. we didn't know any better, and then just felt yuck afterwards. Mm-hmm. Perhaps um, that that can be traumatic. Um, and then there's like extreme sexual trauma and then there's um, trauma like for me I had an ultrasound an internal ultrasound oh my god and I found out that I didn't the the baby didn't have a heartbeat that was so traumatic in my vagina I was just like in the moment I just clamped up the doctor just pulled it out and walked out the room and Mm. left me there with my partner I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline, the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. I remember how nervous I felt the first time I had Juliet Allen on the podcast. I was worried about what you would think. Alison talking about sex? But I was so delighted at how fully and warmly you embraced the episode and all the topics we covered. If you haven't heard that episode, you might like to listen before hitting play on this one. Or not, totally up to you. Juliet is one of Australia's leading sexologists, and she's also the host of one of my favourite podcasts, Authentic Sex. For this second chat, you're in the interviewer's seat. I put a call out on Instagram for questions, and I have to tell you, I was inundated. Your questions were just like you. Intelligent thoughtful and curious. So thanks to you, in this episode, we cover everything from how to overcome a low libido to the different types of orgasms we can experience, how to open a relationship, how to tell a potential partner you have herpes, Juliet's natural alternatives to supermarket lube, anal sex, menstrual cups, why our cycle is sacred, and so much more. Juliet and I hope you love this honest conversation. It was our first time meeting in person, but we immediately felt like old friends. I hope you can hear that. We'll also keep you posted on Jallison. Enjoy this one, and yourself, and or your partner. 
question number one. How can we in how can we be body confident in the bedroom? Yep, that's 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 the end of that question. I thought it was gonna roll into <laughs> Okay. Good start. Let me do that again. <laughs> question number one. How can we be body confident in the bedroom? Okay, good question. Big question. Mm. There's lots of parts to this. Mm. My first thing that comes to me would be um, working on our own inner relationship to our body and the stories that we have around our body, the way it looks, the way we feel in our own skin. Um, I feel like a lot of us are trying to look a certain way and feel like if we, you know, if we get to a certain weight, then mm-hmm. we'll feel body confident. Or if we um, get our hair done a certain way, then we'll feel body confident. And what what a lot of people aren't doing is turning inward and doing the work, which is um, going back into childhood. What were the message that you were given that were given to you from your parents around bod- your body? Um, for me, one of my, um, a personal one that I worked on was there was this moment when I was really young and I heard my mum say to my grandma, oh, she's got your big bones. And I was like, and I was really little, like I was running around playing. And from that moment on, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm big. I'm a, I'm a bigger girl. And I wasn't a bigger girl. No, you're not. No, I'm not. So, um, then I took that into without knowing, like unconsciously, unconsciously took that into not feeling confident in the bedroom when I first started to enjoy sex. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And always being worried, like, is my tummy too big or, and it was like this, this like, ongoing thing, like mm. I've got big bones. Cause my, my grandma was quite tall and like a bigger woman. And so, um, that would be the first thing is turning inward and looking at the stories that we have around our own body. Mm. And then looking after ourselves is really important. For those, yes. you know, for, for people who know um, what I'm about, I'm not just a sexologist who talks about like, try this position and you'll feel better or you'll have a better orgasm, but more so zooming out and looking at um, sex holistically. So what are things that we can do to feel really great? And that would be eating really well and exercising and mm-hmm. surrounding ourselves with amazing people. Um, because I feel, I know that when I'm eating great and oh, moving my body, nothing like it. I just wake up feeling so good. Mm. I wake up wanting sex. If I'm eating chocolate all the time, which is something I can slip into because I love a bit of chocolate mm-hmm. and I'm like eating out a lot, I start to feel a bit like frumpy. Oh my God, and, this like, is yeah. me after Melbourne. We just like existed on pizza and hot chips and wine. Yeah. And I just feel like just swollen, you know, and just like not inflamed, not in my body. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's so fascinating on the wellness piece. When I started meditating, Mm. I became really sexual. Mm, That's a cool one. Yeah. So whatever, obviously it puts you in touch with, you know, the deepest, truest part of yourself. Mm. Whatever block was there, I don't know, but I just felt yeah, really sexual after I learned and then the more consistent I am with my practice, whether that's a rest thing, I don't know, like whether I'm just giving my body time to centre and I don't know, but that was a big game changer for me. 
and then quitting um, coffee, mm, that's gluten, something. dairy. And then what happened when I did that was my body naturally shedded the extra weight I had on and the water retention. Mm. And then again, I felt more sexual because I felt like, you know, it's like it wasn't even about being skinnier. No. I just felt more in my body. Like mm. I felt like I looked how I was supposed to look. Yeah. Naturally. Do you know what I mean? Well, coffee fucks with our hormones so much and it's really inflammatory. So um, I'm the same. I, I stopped drinking coffee last year and my whole physique changed with yes. that. I didn't want, I wasn't like, oh, I need to lose weight or I need to change how I look. I've, I've been quite happy with my body shape for the, since I gave birth to my daughter. So like 13 years, but it did change without even um, wanting it to. And then, yeah, I felt more, um, what would you say? Just comfortable in my own skin. Totally. And mm. then there's like. What I'm getting through not having coffee is just a consistency in my way of being in the world. Mm. So even when I'm stressed, mm. I can identify that I'm in a stressful situation, but I'm not like the adrenaline's not pumping. So it's really hard to get a rise now. Mm. Whereas before I was so easily up then down and, or mm. I would like hunch my shoulders and hold on to everything really tightly while I was working. Yeah. So I don't have that anymore. Yeah. I'm not like... I don't go around saying to people, like, you really should quit coffee. No. No, because it's like, and so, some, for some people, it's like a massive part of their It's a coping mechanism day. and it's a ritual that we all love. Like, I mm. still miss the ritual of coffee. Do you? Yeah. Because what do you have now instead? I've got to try this. You have those oh. mushrooms. I have, um, I make like a drink in the morning with organic cacao, medicinal mushrooms, maca, which is great for sex drive, maca. It's, mm. it's a root from the... Um, the jungle in South America and in Peru it's known as nature's Viagra. So for women um, women and men listening, if you want to naturally boost your libido and also for women who find it um, challenging to naturally um, get wet, mm -hmm. um, maca increases the wetness in your vagina. Wow. So I put that in, not that I kind of really need it. Like mm. my partner's probably like, no, nah, like lay, lay Too off. Wet. Just so, yeah, <laughs> no, not, not for the wetness, more so for the libido thing. Yeah. But um, I put maca in. Yeah. Just have like a hot chocolate drink. Yum. That, Which is kind of like, isn't that even more of a treat than coffee? You know what I mean? Definitely. There's still a little bit of caffeine, I would say, from the chocolate because there's caffeine in chocolate. Mm. But I don't feel that um, buzz or the, the anxiousness. No, it I hits was... our bloodstream differently, doesn't it? Yeah. Like say, because I've got a black tea now. Mm. Anyway. Um. <laughs> I think, hey, I want to go back to the meditation for a minute. Oh, yeah. I think what's going on there is that because you're, you're going into a real yin state. So even though meditation is a... Ma uh, if we're talking masculine, feminine, or yin and yang, mas it's a masculine practice because of very, it? yeah, it's not a feminine practice. It's a masculine practice because you're very just like there, present, mm -hmm. just doing nothing. That's the masculine. Feminine practice, for example, would be dancing, yes. moving, flowing. Um, however, it drops us into that yin relaxed state, which allows our hormones to just like chill out our nervous system to feel rest and then um, tap into the energy that's in our body and feel mm. the smaller sensations. So that would be why I feel like your sex drive has increased since mm. meditating more. Yeah, Tony was like, wow, what's going on here? <laughs> 
And so now I'm, like, I'm off to meditation. She's like, enjoy. I'm like, <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, but it's a funny thing because the moment I get busy mm. and the stress comes in, like the past three weeks, I don't think I've worked harder than I have. I thought I worked hard in my old job. Mm. Um, I've dropped my practice. Mm. I have to admit that to Matt. I feel bad with your teacher where you're like, I'm not doing it right. Um, But it's interesting how when my ambition winds up Mm. and I get consumed by the work, Mm -hmm. sort of those self-care practices fall away quite quickly. So that made me identify that I still have so much work to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I'm letting it overtake me again. Um, Any advice on accepting that your partner might be sexually attracted to others? Uh, this Mm. This is a good one. I mean, this is real life. Yeah. I'm like sexually attracted to people all the time. Me too. Hmm. Yeah. It's really normal. It's human. We are, well, we can look at it a few ways, but we we come from like the bonobos and the, the chimps and the, the um, animals that live in tribe and just have sex with anyone and everyone whenever they want. There's not many... Um, there's not many species of those animals that are actually monogamous. So now we're in a world where we're all expected to be monogamous and not look at anyone or anything other than our partner. And um, so I'm very pro-monogamy. Like I, I find monogamy is – I'm in a monogamous relationship and I love it and I always end up being in monogamy even if I try being non-monogamous. Mm. And then I go – I'm like, no, this is this feels good. So – um, but I do know, and I've spoken with my part, my current partner about this, that he, yeah, finds other women attractive and he can see a woman at a bus stop and be like, fuck, yeah, you're amazing. And start thinking about sex with her. Not because he doesn't love me, but it's like this human mm. reaction. It's, 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 it's like a natural thing. Men, if we're talking about women and men, men are in particular, drawn to different energies in women. It's not necessarily how women look like, you know, they're with a brunette so they want to be with blondes. It's more the different energies that we carry. And I think that's the same with men. Mm-hmm. Like I'm drawn to different energies in men that are different to, and in women too, but that are different to my partner. And that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm going to go have sex with them. That's the thing, isn't it? It's one thing to think it. Mm. And it's another entirely to act on it. Definitely. Yeah, there's like, um, this is actually a bit of a Vedic tenant, but um, stop making things wrong. Because mm. we feel shame, don't we, when we're like, I shouldn't be thinking that. Mm. When really it's like you're saying, it's like it's just a natural reaction. We're actually supposed to be sexually attracted to people. That's how we procreate. Mm. It's just whether we choose, isn't it, to... Yeah, if you're in a monogamous relationship, whether you choose to act on that, yeah, or not, and then you, I guess it's like you can see, you know, sometimes when I find out, say, a friend's partner's cheated, Mm. you know, your heart just breaks because Mm. the um, the feeling of oh god, I can't even imagine, Mm. but you can actually understand why people cheat. Because if you lack that, I don't know, what is it, control, do you think? Of why people cheat, mm. control around. Well, like if you lack control uh, yeah. over your, what? what is it, like your sexual appetite, I yeah. guess. Yeah, 
Is that what you think it is? I guess it's so – that's expansive because there's so many reasons why people cheat. But when I think about it, it's like, yeah, it's, we're all sexually attracted to different people. It's mm. just we just choose not to act on those. Yeah. yeah. It's just like seeing um, – I don't know, you you wanting to – eat really healthy food and then seeing a packet of Tim Tams, which I see a lot in the supermarket and those Tim Tams are always talking to me. Mm. I don't buy them and I don't eat them because it doesn't feel good. Mm. Um, but I'm allowed to be like, oh, the the pleasure in my mouth when I do the, one of those Tim Tam dip things. Oh it's just so God. good. It's, it's the same kind of mm. thing, you know. So it's choices that we make. And, and I think yeah, it's just human, like, for the person who asked this, who is obviously maybe worried about their partner being attracted to other people, um, if there's trust there and you've you've made relationship agreements around, you know, whether you're monogamous or whatever you are, what does that mean and look like to you? Then you just you need to just trust that mm-hmm. he or she isn't going to act on that. With the cheating thing, I think a lot of the time people cheat because there's something they're not getting from their relationship that they then seek outside of the relationship. And so um, often that's sex, Mm. that they're not happy or that they're not, it's not happening. So then they're looking outside and then um, don't have the communication and the awareness to do the work within the relationship to... To say I'm not getting what I need. Yeah, that's one example of why someone Mm. would cheat. And, And like... Who teaches us how to relate successfully? Yeah. Who teaches us how to communicate? To have that conversation. Nobody. Like people like me are teaching it, but then I'm not perfect at it either. Like mm. I'm going through every single thing everyone else is. Yes. Figuring it out along the way. Yeah. Yeah, we are just talking about that. Me too. It's like it's all a shade of normal, <laughs> mm. you know. Um, it's probably a good segue into the next question. Mm. How do you open a relationship? Ah, mm. cool. Mm. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Great segue. Well, um, how do you open a relationship? Well, I would say that firstly, both people need to be um, interested in opening for it to be more successful to open. Mm-hmm. If one person wants to open and the other person is maybe or a no, then that won't have a great outcome. So you both need to be committed to let's give this a go, number one. Um, number two would be having really good communication around what that looks like. If we were to open, what would this look like for both of us? How do we see opening, quote unquote, mm. um, will unfold? What are our priorities how can we communicate about it? Do we want to open and invite somebody into the relationship that we are both with? Um, or do we want to open and interact with other people um, mm. separately? And if that's the case, do we feel like we um, would like to meet those people? Um, like we all get together for a coffee and then become friends and then you guys get to spend the night together or... There's so many, this is a big one. Well, I was just like hearing you say that, just like picturing that. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a no. Yeah. Like having coffee with another woman mm. that would then go and sleep with Tony. I'm a hard no on that. Yeah. Like I can't, like that just the physical reaction I'm having. 
Yeah, your body's going it's into like, like <laughs> your nervous system is like <laughs> shut down. Mm. Um, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, mm. yeah. See, I'm a yes. Mm. So if we were to open, which we don't have a view to open anytime soon, but you can never say never, I would want to um, hang out with the woman and be friends with her and and develop a friendship. Mm. And I would much prefer my partner to sleep with a friend than a, than a stranger. Really? Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely hand him over to any of my best friends. I wouldn't like. I don't mm. want that to happen. But I'd prefer that than he just goes and gets on an with app, randoms. finds a random. Because when we um, have sex with someone, we're taking in their consciousness. We're taking in oh, their energy. Yes. We're taking in their entire history, the line- their lineage. Wow. We're taking so much in into ourselves of that person and our energy. And that's so- powerful. Oh my god! Like me, even just trying to take that in now. Like if I think about. The people I've slept with, you're like, whoa. Yeah, probably a bit of um, cleansing needing cleansing, to happen. A bit of saging. Yeah. Can, yeah how do you too. sage the – how do we do that? Well, I just I, – I, I'm always opening my legs and just saging around there. I'm like, oh, I sage everything out. <laughs> but um, how do we cleanse of all our past lovers? I don't know. I think there's got to be an acceptance that we'll, mm. you know, if you're like me, we were young and totally. we weren't taught this stuff and – so, yeah. Mm. Ooh, that was juicy. Thank you. Um, I want to. I want to yeah. add to that one. Yeah, do. I have a couple of role models in my life who are in open relationships, and okay. they're doing it successfully. And um, one of them, one of my mentors, she says, "The if either myself or her partner are to be with another person, we want the." Um, the love that we have for that other person that we're going to be with to be the same frequency of the love that we have for each other. Wow. So they don't interact with anyone else sexually unless there's love there. It doesn't mean in love, but mm. like a beautiful frequency of love in the heart, in their hearts. And they always, um, they always encourage each other to explore a heart connection first before going into sex. And see if they can get what they need from a heart connection. That's so beautiful. So that's that's a cool one. Well, it kind of takes the animal out of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it takes the sex out of it mm. and brings it back to fundamentally, I guess, what sex is, which is an expression of love. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And if I were to open my relationship, I would want the other person to have a really deep respect for my relationship with mm-hmm. Nick. So I would want that person to know that our relationship is sacred and love that and support that. And Mm -hmm. yeah. That's so good. Mm. Um, What does healthy sex look and sound like? Oh. Should we do the noises? Should we like (laughs) do a demo? (laughs) Darren? Darren? (laughs) Um. What does healthy sex mm. look and sound like? It's kind of an expansive question, isn't it? Like when I wrote it down, I was like, wow. Because there's lots of different ways I think you can interpret that question as well. But mm. some something that came up for me was oh, um, amount of times. I don't know why from like what does healthy sex look like. Mm. I kind of went to 
the amount of times you're having sex, mm. but maybe that's just my interpretation. Mm. It's um, there's a lot of different ways to approach this question. Mm. Let's let's um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go into the amount of times, but let's go there because that is I don't know whether has someone asked that. I actually don't have that as a singular question. No. Okay, because I get this a lot. So, mm-hmm. which is um, how many times do you have sex, and how many times should I be having sex to have a like healthy, healthy sex life? Sex life. Yeah. And the answer is there's no like right or wrong answer because our sex drives ebb and flow through life and life throws us challenges and our libido goes down and we have babies and our libido goes up or down or changes. Um, So many different factors Mm -hmm. contribute to the libido. Um, So there's no right and wrong number. Some couples have sex every day. Others have sex like once a month and they're happy. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be happy with like, I mean, ultimately I'd like it every day. That's my personal answer, but um, that that doesn't always happen. So maybe mm. like for me, it's like every second day, mm-hmm. but that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's not normal. Let's be honest. Most like couples you're are in the business of having sex. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the business of having sex. <laughs> so um, that's the amount of times. But what is healthy sex? Sometimes it's hard when you like say you're talking to girlfriends or like you know when you're in a long term relationship. Mm. There is, of course, periods where the sex isn't as good as it has been before. Mm. Sometimes it's hard to hear when your girlfriend's like, oh, yeah, we have sex four times a week. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, is there something Definitely. wrong with us if we're not doing that? Or Yeah. But I identify with what you're saying in that, like, yeah, there's periods of my relationship where there's been a lot of sex. Mm. And there's periods where if I'm going through something personally, mm like love is not showing up that way for me. Mm, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Do you know it. what I mean? And that's just not what I'm desiring, mm. but it's still his physical touch. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we just need a good cuddle. Mm-hmm. A big spoon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah and that's okay. Mm. Some couples do have more sex than others, but, you know, perhaps they have like a higher um, – attraction at their sex centers, which means that they probably have more sex, but then they may have less of a heart connection or like a soul connection. So this is interesting. So I don't know. What do you want more of just fucking all the time or like a really deep connection where you feel something greater than you has pulled you guys together Mm -hmm. and there's like a bigger purpose for your relationship. And that's so good. mm -hmm. So I guess like for people listening, it's worth, I guess, reflecting on the shape of your relationship it's like yeah where is that connection and if it is heart and soul Mm. say or intellect Mm. is that satisfying and if it is then awesome Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. how good ultimately you want to have a yes at all four centers in your body which would be a yes to your partner at your sex center a yes at your intuition which is at your tummy yes at your heart center and a yes in your head Mm-hmm. So that I think that's the ultimate for ecstatic sex and a long longevity in relationship. Mm. However, not everyone has that and that's mm. okay too. Yeah, and so is your advice if someone identifies that they've maybe got only one out of those, is that four? Four. Or two out of four. What would your advice be to someone who's maybe just having that realisation? Mm. Ah. 
book so, a session with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, it can change. Like you can meet up, you can meet and have four yeses and then perhaps you're just like, oh, I don't know anymore. It, it, for people who meditate like you, it'd probably be easier for you to tap into the centers in your body. Mm-hmm. Some of us are so disconnected from our bodies that we don't even know what's a yes and what's a no. Yeah. So if you're listening and like, oh, I don't know, like just sit with yourself and meditate. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we did that in my workshop last night. That I did missed. A, a meditation oh, around that. the four centers and like, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hard. Okay. Yeah. Maybe book a session with you if you're feeling like that. Mm. Um, what are the different types of orgasms? Oh, okay. Well, there's lots of different types. Some sexologists are really fixated on types of orgasms and some publications are also very fixated and I actually don't like that there's like this. There's the the A orgasm, there's the, you know, the G, the C, the this, the that. I've seen like lists of like 30 different types. Wow. I'm like... <laughs> Wow, this doesn't, this feels weird because every woman and man has such a unique experience of orgasm that um, there is no, I mean, okay, so we can all have clitoral orgasms as women. We Mm -hmm. can't all have them, but I mean, I think we can all, but we're not all having clitoral orgasms. Mm -hmm. And then there's the G-spot. So there's like a G-spot orgasm, which is more of an internal orgasm, but you can have your G-spot stimulated while your clit's stimulated and it can be like both at once both um cervical orgasms there can be um you can squirt which you can squirt without actually having an orgasm you can just ejaculate fluid as a woman um anal orgasms there's there's a lot of different ones but I like to talk about orgasm more so as energy in our body that's always there, even if you're feeling numb and you feel really shut down sexually. The energy is still there. It's just gone on holiday. It's just like having a holiday. It will come back. So we've got to go and get it back. Yeah, just got to tap into that again. And so I like to think of orgasm more so as an energy and an experience that we have that can begin before sex. So if you're feeling turned on, that's mm. orgasmic energy in your body. If It can begin when you're driving home from work and know that you're getting home and going to see your partner or it can happen when you meet someone new. That's an orgasmic energy. And so a lot of um, women in particular feel like they're not orgasmic but we are all orgasmic. And once I work with women around this, they're like, oh, I actually am orgasmic. I just thought because I wasn't having the big bang, like Mm -hmm. it says in one of these ridiculous, you know, magazines that just make it, you have to have this, this and this to be happy. The mind blowing orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not like crazy or or like on the porn where it's really loud, which isn't even, they're just faking it anyway. Mm. um, Then they feel lesser than or feel like they're not orgasmic, but Mm. we all are. So thinking of it. Zooming mm-hmm. out and like looking at it more holistically. Mm. That's how I... You just mentioned porn and interestingly, I don't have a question about that, but one's come up for me mm. and this might put you on the spot, but maybe I'll put it in the show notes if you don't know off the top of your head. Mm. Where would you suggest women who want to explore and watch porn or consume porn, where should we go? Mm. Because like to your point, it's fake. Mm. It's often a male gaze and a male director, Mm. you know, and those Mm. perfect porn pussies. It's like Mm. you look at it and you're like, well. (laughs) Yeah, they've just like got makeup on them and they just pick out a certain type of pussy for porn. 
Yeah. And there is like, there's a lady in um, Barcelona in Spain and I forget her name. So let's put it in the show yes. notes. Yeah. And she produces porn from the female gaze and she's got really cool porn, like um, with real bodies, real beautiful people, beautiful in all shapes and sizes and real life fantasies. And um, she's producing what I would call better porn mm. than, say, um, Red Tube or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So um... if you're curious, and we hope you are, the erotic film director Juliet is referring to is Erica Lust. She's a Swedish native living in Barcelona and creates sex-positive indie adult cinema that portrays sexually intelligent narratives, relatable characters, and realistic hot scenes. Um, I had a lot of questions come through around libido. Mm. So I'm just going to say them all, mm-hmm. and then maybe you can just answer generally. Mm-hmm. But they all kind of are. And I guess that's the thing about libido is it is nuanced in a way because it's dependent on where you are at in your life and your health. Mm. So some of them include, um, I struggle to get into it. How can I fix my average sex drive? I have depression and I find it really hard to get in the mood for sex. Would love some tips. I've been single for so long. I've lost my libido and I'm nervous about trying to find it again. Is it normal to never want to have sex? My hormones are normal. I eat well. I exercise, but no libido. I've abused my body and lost so much weight that my libido is shot. Do you have any advice? And then finding your mojo whilst going through postnatal depression. There's a lot there. There's a lot there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, it's such a big topic, libido. I wish I had a magic pill that everyone could take that would just give us great libido or I mm. could wave my magic wand because it's the biggest one that people come to me mm. with. And and something that I'm figuring out too because, um, yeah, I definitely have gone through struggles in relationships with this, whether it's myself or, or partners who struggle with libido. So, um, hmm. I would say firstly, connecting with ourselves is really important and not looking outside of ourselves. So um, not blaming it on our partner that we don't have a libido, but looking inward and doing that inner work, like I said at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Like, is there trauma in the, our past that we need to deal with and clear? Um, any sexual trauma will definitely impact libido yes. long term. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really common for women to have experienced and men too, um, sexual trauma, whether it's like something like, um, very like just having unconscious sex, which most of us has, have done just like had sex with a guy because mm-hmm. we didn't know any better and then just felt yuck afterwards perhaps, mm-hmm. um, that, that can be traumatic, um, and then there's like extreme sexual trauma. And then there's um, trauma like, for me, I had an ultrasound, an internal ultrasound. Oh, my God. Oh, and yes. I found out that I didn't, the, the baby didn't have a heartbeat. That was so traumatic in my vagina. Me I was too. just like in the moment, I just clamped up. The doctor just pulled it out and walked out the room and mm. left me there with my partner. There's, so what do you call that? Some sort of like womb trauma? Yeah, it's just trauma yeah. in the vagina and the womb, and that's where we that's where we um, store all our trauma as women in our vagina and our womb. So that's an example of trauma. It doesn't have to be sexual trauma; it can mm. be 
something medical related or losing a baby is traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so um, in regards to libido, all of those things can impact our libido, even if in the moment they don't. It could be five or ten years down the track that something triggers us and then our nervous system goes into the response that we had when we were in the trauma and then it's just like, ugh, mm-hmm. I don't want anything inside me. So just giving um, the permission to go and do the work and, and go and chat to a therapist or psychologist or whoever, coach, mm-hmm. about um, anything that you feel could be stopping you and it could be something that you don't even have a memory <coughs> of right now. My voice has gone all croaky. Oh, I'm back. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So turning inward, doing the inner work, looking after your body, looking after your health is important. That definitely contributes to um, low or high libido. You know, we are what we eat. So what we're putting in our body is a live food that comes from the earth that isn't um, mass produced and gross just sitting in a frozen frozen and then defrosted in a big supermarket. Like, are you eating food that's vibrating and and alive? Because if you are, then your body's going to feel more of a high vibration. We are what we eat. It's like um, my partner and I just did a podcast episode on this Mm. recently. The consciousness of the people who are producing that food is in the food. Wow. It's in the meat that we eat, the, the consciousness of the farmer the, the, where the cow's been brought of up. Of course, the cow. Yeah. So um, so being very aware of what we're putting into our body because mm. that does have a, a, an impact on the vibration that mm. we carry in our libido. Um, and then having really good communication with our partners and being honest and open about how we're feeling and it may be difficult and the conversations may be really hard, but to just push it down and ignore or just pretend like you're not having sex, it's just going to create an explosion at some stage, Mm -hmm. pushing down, pushing down, pushing down. Um, So talking a lot and Mm -hmm. getting support. Because I guess that's the thing. It's like it's not that I don't desire you. It's that I don't perhaps feel desirable. Mm. You know, I guess that open conversation to say it's not that I don't want to have sex with you. Mm -hmm. It's that I just don't feel sexual, you know. Yeah, it's not mm. it's not always about not in fact most of the time it, if we if we have a low libido it's not a reflection on our partner or lover. Mm. It's not like you're gross, I don't want to have sex with you. Often it's I'm gross, mm. I don't want to have sex with me, so I definitely want don't want to have sex with you. Mm. And like the person who, you know, said they've lost a lot of weight and you know, don't feel I don't or know. Or she has said that she um has abused her body. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, so Mm. there's work to be done there. It's that thing, isn't it? It's like we work so hard at Mm. everything else in our life. Mm. We give so much to our jobs and training to be experts in what we do and Mm. we give so much to our friendships and especially as women we're like in the world serving. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we have to put work into what it means to sit in your sexuality. Mm. It's like, why do we assume that would just show up and just be there? Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. But we don't second guess putting the work in anywhere else. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're, we're, sex is, like we were saying before we started recording, sex is just another part of life. And we do. We work hard on 
on everything else other than... And arguably this is the most important or one of the... One of, definitely a foundation <coughs> of great health is great sex. Mm-hmm. Great health equals great sex. Great sex is great health. Um, how do you have a conversation with your partner that you orgasm through foreplay and not sex? I'm just wondering what this question is trying to ask. How do you... How do you have a conversation with your partner? So I guess how do you communicate Mm -hmm. that you orgasm through foreplay and not sex? And I guess I would extend that question myself to say, is that an inaccuracy or not at all? Can some women just not climax through sex? Through penetrative sex. Yes, through penetrative sex. Yeah, because foreplay is sex. It's all sex. Mm. What do... Same sex couples do mm-hmm. in women. They don't they're not putting play. a dick in a <laughs> pussy. They're, you know, they're just, it's a different style of sex. That's what being with women taught me was like, it's not just about a penis and a vagina sex. So, firstly, thinking of sex as it starts just when you're even talking about it or feeling the sexual energy and kissing and touching, that's sex for me. And then penetrative sex, it is, um, some women, can have orgasms from penetrative sex and others can't. Some women need their clitoris stimulated in order to have an orgasm while having penetrative sex and some don't. And so if you're just having sex, um, if you're just having orgasms when you're enjoying foreplay, that's okay. And there's no reason why you can't change it and be having them during sex. It's just practice. And so how do you communicate Mm. was the question. Mm. Or I don't know the context, like have they been together for a few years and he doesn't know and she's faking them during penetrative sex or have they just got together and so she or she wants to communicate to her lover, whether it's a man or a woman, I want to be inclusive, that I I don't don't know what the context context is. is. Yeah, Just being honest, being like I love you and I want to be really honest and open with you Mm. and – and I just want to let you know that I find it easier to reach orgasm during foreplay than I do during penetrative sex. And so for me, I would say, you know, I'm happy. I'm actually don't need an orgasm every time we have penetrative sex. That's not what sex is about for me. Sex is about connecting on a deeper level. It's about really deep intimacy. It's about our hearts connecting. It's about manifesting what we want. It's about just being together. So I don't need an end goal. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to touch me to get me off. That's not what sex is about for me. So that's how I and say, so I'm really happy. If I have an orgasm during foreplay, cool. If I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice. Mm. Um, how do I, enc- well, this is maybe kind of the same. How do I encourage my partner who is completely afraid to talk about sex to open up? I feel like maybe you've covered that a bit in that there's obviously some trauma there for him or her. You know what I mean? Mm. There's a reason why there's a barrier to talking about sex. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, it's hard to know without having the context of why. But do you have any advice for this person? How do you encourage your partner? Who doesn't usually talk about sex to open up about it? Mm. Yeah, it's it's such a taboo topic, and 
most of us aren't brought up in households where it's like openly talked about and just made to be a normal thing. So um, firstly, like try and jump in the shoes of your partner and if you know his background or you know his family or his past experiences, know that he's doing his best and that don't make him out to be wrong because he can't communicate effectively Mm -hmm. about sex Um, and just being really compassionate towards him. And then um, you can be the model for him. Like you are the gift in his life who, if you feel comfortable talking about sex, you can open the conversations and give him an example of what it's like to be okay and comfortable just casually talking about sex and not having it to be a big deal. And mm. and then when and if he does respond or if you ask him a question, he responds, really listening. That That's such a good skill to learn that not many of us are good at. It's yes. like deeply listening <laughs> to him share when he does and not shutting him down, not trying to fix him, not making out like he's saying it wrong, but just like saying nothing and just being like, hmm, and then thanking him for sharing. So a lot of of us are like, especially men, are shut down in communication because women are, we we don't listen very effectively and neither do men. Mm -hmm. But a lot of men, when they do open up, then we try and fix them and we try and change it or we're like, or why do you them. say that? <clears throat> you know, I'm not like that. I'm like this. You're an asshole. Blah, blah. I don't fucking want to, you know, mm-hmm. we just go into like catastrophizing it all instead of just being like, hmm, getting curious about what they're talking about mm. and being like, oh, this is what's going on for him. How interesting. This is. Be- and I love that you're like, just thank him for sharing. Totally, you've got to acknowledge mm-hmm. when your partner shares. I'm, I will always, if my partner opens up to me about something, will say like, "Thanks for sharing, babe," and I'll send him a follow up text. Like if we're not together that day, mm. I'll be like, "Really appreciated you sharing," which I do. It always makes me feel closer to him, mm-hmm. and um, I love loved hearing about what what's going on for you, and I love you, and I accept you, and I support you, and you're amazing. So that's helpful for us to know like what that sounds like, like what is the language. Yeah, cool. So it's actually really helpful what you were just saying then, like that's what it sounds like for you. Yeah. And that helps us because I think part of what I'm learning through this podcast as well is sometimes we just lack the language Mm. and the ability to create entry points into difficult conversations. Mm. And Mm. so that's incredible that that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Mm. Just acknowledging your partner for being them and, mm-hmm. and men just men are doing their best too on the topic of men. Like men are just want to love us the best that they can. And so even if it's not how we imagined it to be or if they're not getting it right, you know, mm-hmm. still acknowledging them for just being open or being trying their best. Trying, yeah. Yeah. Any advice on how to tell someone you're seeing romantically but haven't been intimate with that you have herpes? Ah, oh, this is such a good one. This is coming up a lot. Is it? Yeah. Well, because it's like one my, in two people. Yeah, because everyone has herpes. Yeah, it's like very rare. So I guarantee yeah. there's lots of people listening being like, oh, this is me. Because a big part of it, what I took from this is also like the responsibility 
Mm. Like I actually found that quite powerful because it's like you're actually thinking about your responsibility to that person. Yeah, Mm. totally. So it's such a difficult conversation to have, which is why lots of people have it because the conversations aren't being had. And the reason why they're not being had is because there's so much fucking taboo around STIs in general that um, we don't want to talk about them and we have so much shame around STIs if we have them. Mm-hmm. And so um, for those who have STIs, work on or have had them, work on, and let's talk about herpes. If you have herpes, work on accepting the herpes, accepting it, like work with a therapist who gets it. So you need to find someone like me or something, someone who gets that there's shame and all the stuff that comes with that and work on accepting that about yourself um, and and kind of just being more open with friends is a good, good um, way to begin mm-hmm. being open about it. For this person who wants to communicate to their perhaps future lover, they're just they haven't connected physically yet. Um, if you're going to be really conscious about it, and this is what we get taught in tantra communities, is that most people in conscious communities are having really good conversations about this. So just saying, "Hey, let's have the conversation before we have sex around um, our past partners. If we have any other partners, is always important. And if um, when did we last get checked? And if we did." what, um, if Mm -hmm. either of us have STIs. Um, so I, I'll just talk how I would say I'd be like, um, it's really like my sexual health is really important. It's a priority. And I want to, um, I want to be open and honest with you around, um, my current health situation as I'd love you to be too. And so, um, yeah, for this person, it's just like you're just going to have to get it out there and hope mm-hmm. for the best and it's going to be scary because that person can potentially have a reaction only due to the cultural stigma and shame around STIs. Yes. It's such a big one. Then, Isn't it? Like herpes is like – so we get cold sores on our lips mm. and um, no one blinks an eyelid. Oh, it's like, oh, she's got a cold sore, poor thing. Or like, oh, like – you must be in so much pain. You got a cold sore, like, and you know it's like, but you don't go. Oh, I've got like a genital cold sore because <laughs> you don't want anyone to know. And then there's just it's weird. It it's is weird. weird. Mm. So weird. So just being honest. Mm. If they freak out, like they're not the person for you. That's you want to be with someone say. who's just like, thank you so much for being honest with me. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Let's start by using condoms and, or they might come out and be like, oh my God, me too. Yeah. Best case scenario. Free for all. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, woo, (laughs) dive in. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so. Mm. mm. Lube. No one talks about it. That's all that was said. Oh, okay. So let's talk about lube. I talk about it. Well, one of the biggest tips I got from you was um, organic coconut oil. So good. Which has just been, I have to tell you, a game changer. (laughs) That's so good. Because it just also smells incredible. It feels incredible. Tastes good. Yeah. The whole experience is different. Mm. I was using like a, um, like an organic lube or whatever. I don't even know what the brand was. Like I was definitely trying to have something low 
chemical, etc. Yeah. Because um, I am very sensitive. Mm. But man, I was like, where has this been all of my life? Yeah. I just never put two and two together that that would be okay. Because mm. we have so much like about what we shouldn't use there. But then it's like also for women who are using non-organic tampons and stuff. Mm. You're already putting stuff up there that just so shouldn't be system. there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, loops. Um, I would recommend organic coconut oil. Um, there's another one. It's not a lube, but I use it, and it's um, this is not this is not a paid plug. This is just this company that I love, which is Sansuticals. Have you heard of them? No, they're a New Zealand brand, and I have actually. I think beautiful brand, beautiful woman who run run that company, and they have a body oil. It's called body hair and face oil, and um, we now you have just had that next to the bed. And if we use lube, we use that or we use coconut oil, but that's just a natural oil and it's really good. So there's another idea for people, mm. but there's, I just, just get a, yeah, a pot of organic coconut oil and, um, that's the best, best one. Mm. The only thing with oils is that you can't use them with condoms or the com- condom companies say not to, because it could um, Break the condom. To, yeah. So it's up to you as to whether you listen to the condom companies. Okay. And do what feels right for you with that mm. one. Um, and I can't recommend any natural brands. Mm. I wish there was some cool lube, but. We should create one. Yeah. You should create one. Well, I'm yeah, not really in the business of creating <laughs> like, lube. Let's be friends and let's create a lube company. <laughs> Coming we, soon. What can we call it? Jalison. <laughs> <laughs> There's a gap in the market, and um, there actually is, and I've been thinking about it, but I don't want to take just it add it to your more. list of yeah. I'm like, oh, lube company, like I don't have that. Well, I'm telling you, it's like you've got your Juliet pleasure wand, so I'm like, we kind of need the thing that goes with the wand. It's true. Mm. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, if anyone wants to help Juliet produce lube, get in yeah. touch. Totally. If they want to do everything for me and just put my and name on it, <laughs> cool. Then pay me for my name. Get We're in, in touch. business. Yes. <laughs> it's a yes. Um, first time anal sex. Oh, I love this topic. What will happen and what do I do? Oh, so good. It came from a woman. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, what will happen? Well, I don't know what will happen because we're all different and the, the, um, uh, our bodies are different and the bodies of our partners are different. So if you are having anal sex with a man, because you could, if you're with a woman, you can use dildos and stuff. I would start out by first having like a finger in your anus just to get used to the feeling of something in your anus or perhaps um, just have your anus licked and kissed and touched firstly because a lot of us have never had that. So mm-hmm. like to go from nothing to a big cock or, or whatever size cock in your ass can be quite a shock. Confronting, yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know what will happen for you, but it can be deeply pleasurable. And um, I think there's like a lot of, there's like this myth that it, it isn't or that, that um, not many women like it or whatever. But um, if it's done... 
slowly and like consciously and with lots of lube, which is very important for anal because our anus doesn't lubricate naturally. Mm -hmm. Our our vagina can lubricate naturally because there's glands there that release lubricant, but um, our anus doesn't. So you need lots of lubricant. So I'd recommend coconut oil. Um, I'd recommend starting without putting the penis in if this is a heterosexual couple mm-hmm. or the dildo in if you're in same sex and the anus is this center of our body is there's a lot around surrender and trust so if we're looking at what we need to work on what the inner work is is how can you fully surrender and trust how can you trust in life how can you trust in your partner do you trust in your partner you cannot have anal sex and have it be pleasurable if you don't fully trust in your partner to hold space to hold you to be slow to listen to your body um yeah you won't have a pleasurable experience because so, you'll be tense yeah because you <clears throat> tense up your body tenses up and then your anus just tenses up mm. you cannot enter an an anus if there's not a rel- like a relaxed muscle there opening. Mm. So, um, yeah, they would be some, some tips like mm-hmm. relaxing, surrendering, not just shoving it in, trying different positions. Mm. Anal sex doesn't need to be the traditional porn, which is like doggy, doggy style. Mm. I never have anal sex doggy style. Like, oh, okay, I won't say never, probably like the... 5% yeah. of the time, not really. I I recommend trying like lying on your side. So kind of the spooning position mm-hmm. could be good. Um, missionary positions, good for anal. Um, you can sit on top of your man. It depends on the type of penis that he has and the shape of it. Yes. So some penises um, are... Like a, a bigger penis may may be a little bit more challenging for you or it just depends. And I guess Shape. you've got to know that like, sorry to interrupt, like you're sort of right as a woman as well mm. is if you do have a partner who has a big dick, mm. it's your choice to be like, no. Oh, yeah. Well, like that'll not... hurt. No, thank you. But like, That won't be enjoyable for me. You know, there's that pressure to mm. – want to be that girl and want to say yes. Definitely. Yeah. And no, don't ever have sex if you don't want to do mm. it and don't do something to please another person. Mm. And if you are tolerating something, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Never tolerate sex. Mm-hmm. We tolerate so much. You know that scenario like a guy's going down on you and he's just like... Oh. Shit show. Yeah, and you're just lying there because mm. you want him to feel happy, mm-hmm. those types of scenarios. Or, you know, even for guys, a girl's going down on him and he's just like, I'm not even into this right now. Like, I just want to cuddle her. But he's just like, oh, wouldn't be manly to say, I don't, can you please stop? Yeah. So don't do things that you don't want to do. that. Don't tolerate. Yeah. Mm. But, but I, I love, I love exploring anal and I love encouraging people too because um, it's such a different experience of sex Mm. because you're bypassing the womb. So you're not going through the emotional body of the womb. Mm -hmm. So vaginal sex, you're going into the vagina and then energetically up through the womb and it's like a full, it's a different experience whereas anal is more just like, it's like a a darker, deeper experience. Mm. That's how I experience it. Can I ask like more of a logistical question? Of course. 
So say you're having um, – what is that, like vaginal sex? Is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> Sounds <And> then, sexy, <laughs> hey? Vaginal sex. Vaginal sex. And then you want to move to anal sex, mm. but then you might want to move back to vaginal sex. No, that's So we no. can't do that. No, no. That's a no-no. So once you've been in the bottom, we don't go back in the vagina. Such a shame though. I know. how good would it be just to – Well, my question is, could you then say you're having vaginal sex, that you put a condom on, have anal sex, take the condom off, go back to vaginal sex? Yeah. Yeah. Like some it's a lot of may... on and off though, isn't it? It's kind of like, what are we doing? Yeah. Mm. It's not going to flow that great, but you could do that. Mm. I mean, something... I think it's worth pointing out that you can't go back. Yeah, you can't go into the ass and then go back to the pussy because what happens is there's bacteria, obviously, in the, the anus, and then we transfer it back into the pussy and then that can lead to UTIs or, or like... um bacterial stuff Mm -hmm. and you don't want to do that so it's a bit of a bummer because sometimes you know you might try it in the ass and then be like i'm not into into this and then you just want it but then you have to just have a shower Mm. be responsible yes the thought of having a uti is painful yeah okay got a couple more questions for you because we have to wrap up soon you've got a plane to catch Mm. um i have a really beautiful question from a woman who's 46 she's got two adult children She's have she's actually recently had a hysterectomy. So when she told me this, that was going to be on the seventh of August. So she's had it mm. due to long term ongoing endo and hormonal issues. She wanted to ask you how does she reclaim her true feminine once that vital part of a woman has been removed, mm. um, as in the uterus? What practices or exercises would you recommend? Please let her know that I got a yoni egg after listening last time, and I feel strong going into surgery. Great. Okay. That's a good question. Hmm. Um, Okay. So when when we have a hysterectomy as a woman, the physical womb is removed and I don't know what type of hysterectomy she had. So, but physically a part of her womb is removed, but energetically it's still there. Mm -hmm. So there's... No reason why you, I'll speak to her, why you can't still tap into the wisdom of your womb. You've had 46 years of having that womb and, you know, so many of those years you've been bleeding and ovulating so you know what it feels like to, to connect Embody with your blood. Yeah. yeah. So mm. women who've had hysterectomies are just as powerful as any other woman um, in connecting to their sexual essence and their that that part of their body because energetically is still there. Just like men can have, they have an etheric womb, men can tap into their own womb within themselves and that's because it's mm. their, their creative centre. So um, exercises would just be, um, I don't have any particular exercises to be honest, yeah. self-pleasuring, like meditating, Connecting in with your sexual energy, mm. um, perhaps getting like a womb healing with a practitioner or a yoni massage would be really good for her. Mm-hmm. And that's good for all of us. Mm. Um, yeah, using the crystal wands. She said egg, but I don't promote the egg, so maybe she's talking about crystal wands. Yeah, I don't know. I got a yoni egg after listening last time. Did I mention a yoni egg? I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah. Sounds like just mm. asking that question means that she's quite self-aware and mm-hmm. wants to um, not just write off her womanhoods, yes. you know, um, which some people 
some women do. They're like, oh, now I've had a hysterectomy. I'm not a real woman, which is so ridiculous. Because mm. um, that's a mindset thing as well, isn't it? It's just a mindset. It's just the mm. culture we live in. Yes. It's like the herpes thing. Like, oh, I have herpes and so now I'm not sexy. It's like, mm. no, you just. Join um, the rest of the population. Yeah, join yeah. the rest of them. Yeah. The rest of Sydney. Is that your advice for women who want to sort of get in touch with their feminine essence? Is that sort of process of um, embodiment? Yeah, getting in touch with our feminine essence, the biggest thing would be getting in touch with our cycle as women mm-hmm. and understanding our cycle and the different phases of our cycle and the different seasons of the cycle and um, connecting with our menstrual blood, connecting in with our, when we're ovulating, um, making the time that we're bleeding like a time when we do more rituals or mm-hmm. we perhaps meditate more or dance more, do whatever we feel we need to to connect in with ourselves. And that's the ultimate spiritual practice for me. Mm. That's my spiritual practice. Yeah, me too. Mm. My um, When I'm bleeding has become one of the most sacred times in, in the month. Like mm. I actually look forward to it. Yeah, me too. And I really just go to ground mm. and I just like completely surrender myself to the process but really honour mm. my body because I'm like, thank you. Mm. You're going to give me a baby one day. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so this like, blood is like the holy grail. Totally. I hold the blood in the bowl. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God, you are amazing. Mm. Like this could have grown a baby. Yeah. Do you what use a, a cup? Miracle. Yeah. Oh, I've got sent one and I'm still chill, still trying to figure out whether I want to give that a go or not. I've got a bit of an aversion to it. I don't know why. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not. Do you just um, press it, like scrunch it together and it opens in there? Yeah. yeah. So you, you kind of fold it. I just fold mine over. Okay. And then I put it up. It takes a bit of practice cups. Mm. Do you put lube or anything on it or no, straight in? No, just straight in. But you could put some coconut oil. Mm. Totally. I think I once did. And then you put it in and it's pra- it takes practice mm. and then it kind of just opens up in there and then creates like a suction yeah. kind of. So then when you're taking it out, you have to make sure that you kind of slip a finger up and just undo the suction. So just the side and then I pull did the it noise. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you see the hand movement. Just in case anybody. We've got our fingers hooked. Got our point of fingers up. We're hooking. We're clicking. And then and then I'm like pulling it out just so that you know. If you didn't know what it would be like to pull something out of a vagina, this is what it is. Um, yeah, so I, I like menstrual cups. I also like just um, at the moment I I like having nothing up there. So sometimes I use like period undies. There's some Me cool too. ones on the market now. Mm. and Or just a pad, just a regular pad, which is like I used to think was gross. And now I'm like, wow, I get to see the colour yeah, of my blood. And it's not always sexy, like, mm. which I think is why I used tampons for so long because I'm like, I don't Can't want see it. Yeah. anyone to see my blood. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's very neat and tidy tampons, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. This isn't a plug. I haven't announced it yet, but I think I'm going to next week. I'm, um, a, I think they call them leaders. I'm a thinks leader. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So. Well, I was, didn't want to plug them, but. Yeah, yeah, so I um they approached me and um I thought fuck yeah. Like I had been wearing them and trying mm. them because I was a bit curious about the concept of period undies. Mm. And um I remember I put them on and I said to Tony like first day like let's see how we go. Yeah. And he said how how your knickers go? I was like <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah so um amazing. I'm going to talk about it soon but more and more I don't want to be inserting anything in. 
Mm. So where I can, I use Tom's tampons mm-hmm. and organic tampons. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I've been really enjoying them. Yeah. And just, yeah, like, I mean, they're black. Most of them are dark, so yeah. you can't really see the... The well, blood, but um, it feels good. I don't know, just knowing it's them. all just like coming out. Mm. Totally. It, I feel like I have less cramps too when I'm not putting stuff up my vagina. Um, yeah, so just be aware of that. Mm. Maybe if you have cramps and you're listening, just try bleeding into a pad or mm. Think's undies are great. I'm a big fan. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Yep, I really like them. And you can get ones of those cheeky cut ones are my favourite. Mm. They kind of like still look semi-sexy. The high-waisted ones. I haven't got those yet. I feel really sexy in them. Oh, it's like black to... high-waisted knickers. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I have to get some of those. Mm. Mm. You should be a Think's leader too. Yeah, I should. I'm going to introduce you. Yeah, great idea. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm already promoting them. Mm. So, um, Okay, I'm going to do one more question. I do have lots. I'm going to get you to pick it. We can talk about teasing out foreplay, what that looks like. We can talk about I can't enjoy intercourse because I end up feeling used. And I guess that goes back to the sex trauma. Um, I enjoy receiving oral sex, but men always want the other. Or how do I... How can I enjoy giving a blowjob slash any tips on giving good head? Oh, let's do the last let's one. Let's do the last one. Did you know that I'd do that? I had an inkling that you might go the BJ. Yeah, love a good BJ. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So um, think think of a blowjob more so as worshipping the man in his entirety rather than just putting your mouth around his cock and making him come. So take the end goal, taking the end goal out of any sexual act is key. Mm-hmm. We're not, you don't want to be doing it just to do what they do in the porn or, and basically just go, 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 go mm. so that he blows. And you only want to be doing it if you genuinely want to be there because a man is going to know if you're giving a head job or a blow job, whatever you want to call it, and you're not liking it. Just like we know when a when someone goes down on us as women, mm. if the guy's not into it, you can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell, and then you can tell when a guy's really mm-hmm. into it. So the same for guys. Um, so you're you're doing yourself a disservice by giving a a blow job if you're not into it, and you're doing your partner a disservice because you're not. It, it's not authentic. That's the first thing. So what I do is I see it more so like worshipping yeah, him in his entirety, like his heart, his purpose, his the way he loves me, the way he, this is, would be my partner, the way he accepts and loves my daughter, um, everything about him, that's why I'm giving him a blowjob, not just to get him off. Mm-hmm. And then um, communicating, so asking what do you like, what don't you like is handy because we don't know, like we, we as women could think, oh, well, if I kind of just do this on repeat, this is what a blowjob kind of looks like. And from what I've learned through porn, that's the thing. And from, yeah. And from what the magazines have told me or whatever. However, if we ask our partner, often they're like, oh, I actually really like just like the tip being sucked. Or I Mm. like, um, real, I actually really like really slow, gentle touch. And here we are just like wanking them off because we're like, ah, so, um, (laughs) communication is important 
and then um, yeah, ver- varying the the speed and the touch and the the think of the different elements. So like fire is more like fiery, air is airy, um, water is more flowy. So think of bringing the elements into how you touch mm. your man, not just having it as the mouth sucking on the penis, um, but you can use your hand, you can use your hand and mouth. You could vary between like hand, then mouth, um, kissing his balls, you can kiss his anus, you can kiss his thighs, touching his heart. So many different mm. different tips. I should do a workshop on this. That's a good idea. That would mean I'd have to do a demo though or something. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe there's like the same as there's like people who pose for nude drawings. Maybe there's people you can hire that. I'd I'd have I'd have um, a lineup of people. <laughs> I've been a um I've been a a model not a model but like a demo for a yoni massage before in front of a lot of people. Have you? Yeah, I had no problem getting up. It was at a tantra festival, and mm. it, it it actually was um. He didn't touch my pussy. It was all an energetic session, like an, a, an awakening session of my body wow. and orgasm. But yeah, um, but and I have been a demo for other things. And so there's people out there like me who like are happy you. to yeah. be the body for the change that we need in the world. Yes. I had really wanted to talk to you about Tantra. Mm. And I was actually interested to see if any questions came through on it. Mm. So that was just incredible for me to learn from the audience kind of where we're at where we're at now sexuality mm. as a collective mm. um maybe I'll convince you to come on again and we can talk about you know once we've kind of perhaps mastered some of those foundations mm. like certainly for me now and I guess it goes back to the meditation mm. like the more I'm getting in touch with my body mm. energetically mm. The more I'm understanding the power of how I move that energy around my body mm. with purpose. Yeah, which is tantra. Yeah, but um, something I'm still very newly exploring, so maybe a conversation for another time. That'll be um, the third instalment. The third instalment. You don't even need to convince me. Maybe Jellison's actually a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to make a weekend of it, though. Darren's producing. Jallison. Yeah, Darren. Thumbs up from Darren. Yeah, Darren's into that idea. Darren's like, you've run over time. Just fucking stop recording. <laughs> um, thank you so very much for being on my podcast again mm-hmm. and making the time to come in. I know you've had a really big 48 hours with your event in Sydney, mm. travel, crap, yeah, difficult news, all that stuff. In yeah, so I appreciate it. And um, just selfishly, I just... I'm so glad to see you face to face. Yeah. And to know that that connection is quite true. Yeah. In real life. So, um, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and mm. cool conversations and inspiring. And um, I look forward to being back. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. 
Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them.